You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 79. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey moms, are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired? And how those skills can be worth $45 an hour. Not that $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work. If so, then the You Are Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward into your tech career. It's like no other membership available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking. Not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as we walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. I want to start off by thanking some very special people. Every week, I sit down on my computer and I risk being embarrassed or judged or people thinking that I don't know what I'm talking about or I have no business doing it. And the people that we fear most usually are the people we know, our family and our friends. But... I ask my students to do this, to put their portfolios out there, to network and meet people and tell people they're looking for a job in tech, which at the time they might feel like they have no business being in. I ask them to go on interviews and subject themselves to evaluations, maybe even criticisms or rejection. I ask them to do this and so I have to be an example of it myself. Well, I want to personally thank two very special people in my life who not only support me by listening to my podcast, but reached out to me to tell me about their support and the impact it's having on them. So thank you, Colleen, my cousin who could be my little sis because we grew up together, and Michelle, my friend who is close enough to be family and is my daughter's godmother. Thank you, Colleen and Michelle, for reaching out to me and letting me know that you're not only listening to the podcast, you're supporting me and my crazy ideas. I love you both, and it means more to me than you could possibly imagine, because you are two very techie ladies, and you amaze me and impress me. I'm so grateful you're in my life. Okay, do you hear that, ladies? Do you see that putting yourself out there to become something different or more? or contrary to what people have always known you as, the real people in your life come out and support you. They support you to keep going, to tell you you've got this. You are going to lose some people along the way. I know that. And that's really, really hard. It's not fun. But the real people who support you are going to come out. They're going to show up in your life bigger, and you're going to have more love and support than you ever imagined. All right, let's dive into the three questions to jumpstart your tech career. Oh, ladies, this is going to be good. I guarantee if you follow this advice, it's going to save you time. 
It's not only going to save you time, it's going to save you heartache. So before I jump into the three questions, I wanna tell you some of the questions that I hear newbies asking, okay? And if you're asking some of these, these are the wrong questions to be asking. If you are asking those questions and hearing me tell you that those are wrong, that is great information to have. Don't beat yourself up because this is just the questions of a newbie. But if you can be a newbie and instead of asking those, these questions I'm about to tell you and ask the right ones, that's what will save you the time and heartache. Okay, so have you ever asked this one? Because we're talking about tech, I hear this one all the time, what software do I need to learn? What software do I need to learn to get hired? There is never going to be one specific software that you could learn that will get you hired. If it is, it's not your highest value job. Does that make sense? So let's say you're going into project management. There are lots of project management tools. And if anybody says to you, you can't possibly learn Basecamp if you have experience in Jira. Run, run far, far away. Because that's ridiculous. It's not going to take you but a little bit to learn how the software is working. And it's more important that you understand how to run a project. So the wrong question is to ask, at the beginning, the, the, the filter question, the wrong one is what software do I need to learn? You will eventually get to learning a software, regardless of what tech job you have. Even if you're a developer, you're gonna have what's called an IDE. You will need to know a software for sure. And you'll probably learn a couple. That's great. But when you're looking at how to jumpstart your tech career, how to get started, do not think software first, that will slow you down. Okay, another question. Am I capable of learning this? Have you ever asked yourself that question? If you do, the answer is yes, move on. Am I really capable? Are you sure, Ellen? I'm sure you're capable. Let's move on. If you ever learn something, try to learn something and you're confused, it's okay. It's just not the right thing for you at that time, at that place in your journey, and you'll be ready for it later or you need to go over it multiple times, that's usually the problem that you need to go over the material again and again and again. We really need to go over material, every single one of us, regardless of what our path is. When you are becoming someone different, when you are leveling up in a whole new way, you're absolutely going to need to go over material more times than you think, and the worst thing you can do is judge yourself for that. Are you capable of learning what is required for your tech job? Yes, the answer is yes, so if your brain asks that, just say yes, I'm good. Now, are you willing to go through, this is another newbie question that I don't want you to ask, but I'm gonna give you the answer. Are you willing to go through what is required to do it? The answer is no. So let me explain what you're like, wait a minute, I'm not willing to go through it. If you're new, you're at the beginning and you want to jumpstart your tech career and you want to know, okay, just tell me, what do I need to do to get hired? Tell me everything I need to do. Am I willing to go through it? No. Why am I saying that? Here's why I'm saying it. Because your brain will be overwhelmed. It will be overwhelmed. Quick uh, story from one of my coaches, Brittany. Brittany's pretty far through the process. She's doing the strategic interview process um, where we show you how to guarantee success with the interview process. It's, it's, a, it's your process 
you're not we get we don't guarantee you that you're going to get a specific job but if you do the process you will get a job you will get hired in the tech job of your dreams or a step towards it because you're following the process okay Brittany is doing part of the process which involves outreach to people and it's all very awkward and weird to like reach out to people and do community building and so she's asking this question in 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 coaching and she's like i feel like a broken record and i'm coaching her on how you're not a broken record you're actually going deeper into the process so for when you first do something there's, there's a lot of fear there's a lot of drama in your mind you don't really know how to do it then you start doing it and you're like okay i'm doing it now I'm going to get better at it. Now, now let me think more strategically about it. But if you try to think strategically about everything as you at the beginning, it, it will overwhelm you. That's why one of my one of my mentors, um, Amy Porterfield, she says, "What's the one next right thing? Just the one next right thing." Honestly, the more time your brain spends on the one next right thing, you're totally making faster progress than if you try to think about that whole thing. So am I willing to go through it? No. If you knew everything, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't want to go through it. But if you just do the one next right thing, then you will get through it. All right. So asking yourself, am I willing to go through it? Not helpful. Okay. The last question, how much will I make or what does it pay? Oh my gosh. Can't even tell you. Cannot even tell you. How much does it pay? How much does it pay? How much does it pay? The more concrete a payment is, an income, a salary, an hourly rate, the more concrete someone serves it up to you, the less value that you have. So you know how you'll see those jobs like, oh, it's $15 an hour. You know, okay, you go work at Chick-fil-A, it's $15 an hour. I have no idea what they pay, but I just made that up. But you see a sign, oh, we're hiring $15 an hour. Yeah, that's what we pay. That is because you add less value. Why do you add less value? Because you don't need to think as much. They're going to tell you exactly what to do throughout the whole process. And when someone tells you exactly what to do throughout the whole process, there's not a lot of way for you to add value. So don't ask, what does it pay or how much will I make? If you want to go to Glassdoor and just get a gauge as to whether you're in range, I'll advocate going to Glassdoor, search UX design for your local area. About US average is about in the 80, 80K range, 80, 88. It's about 80, 88K for UX design. But that's just the average. And the thing is about average is that you can always be better than that. So what can a UX designer make? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a million dollars they can make. Getting a gauge is fine, but focusing too much on what someone else decides, not helpful. So if you go and you're like, wow, the average makes 88, so I can only make, I'm new, so I can make less. How do you know? You don't know how much that organization values the skills that you have. So how much will I make or how much does it pay? Not helpful to focus on that question. Get a general idea. If it's within range, great. And really... I can tell you the range that you should make. I'm going to tell you right now. And if it's too low, if the range I say is too low for you, great. Then then I'm wrong and go with your number. The range that you should make is six figures. Can you start off making that? Maybe. Some some do. Some do start off making six figures. If you don't start off there, it's okay. It's exactly where you need to set your 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 heights. You need to set your goal on six figures. Why? Because you should because tech pays about six figures. Like I just said, 88K for UX design. Okay, that's a little bit less, but that's average. And you, my friend, are not average. So, so that's it. Stop spending any more time on it. All right, let's jump in. The three questions 
the right questions to ask. And then I'm going to tell you why they're the right questions. And I'm, I just really, really hope that you spend some time on this and that you go over it because it's super simple, but it is not easy. Most people are not, it, this is so challenging that most people are not going to be willing to do it. But for the very few of you that are actually willing to give this a try, this is going to save you months. It could save you years off your getting hired process. All right, let's dive in to the three questions to jumpstart your tech career. The first question is, who do I want to become? Who do I want to become? There's an identity there. There's purposeful thought and direction. And if you're here, you're like, uh, I'm trying to figure that out. Could you give me some information on how to do that? Right? You're still thinking about it. I get it. I get it. But there's a better way than just thinking about it. There's a much, much faster way. And it will require a lot of trust. So what I want you to do is just trust what I'm saying. Go with it. Just trust it. And I'm going to give you a timeline of when you can stop trusting it if you, don't, if you want to. But if, you, if you're kind of sorta on it, it won't help you. You really have to be all in on this. I know most people out there are not willing to do this because it's hard. So right now, I'm just talking to those very few of you that are actually willing to give this a try. And for you, you're going to save months and you might be able to save years off of your getting hired process. Did you hear me? Months, maybe years. Because you can do a lot of spinning. It's very easy for this process to take a few years. For I've seen a lot of women where it takes a couple years for them to get hired. And I don't want that to be, I want this to be months, not years. Who do I want to become is the question. And here's how you can figure that out, right? That's the question to ask, who do I want to become? Now, how do you figure that out? The first thing you do is you try on a new role. You, did you hear me? You try on a new job, a tech dream job. And you do that with a very small amount of research. You do not spend weeks or days. You spend about two hours. You watch a couple of YouTube videos. You read a few online blogs. And your brain's like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay, that's enough. If you're thinking, maybe, I just want you to try it on like it's a hat. I don't really wear hats. How about a new dress? If you try on a new dress, I want you to try on a new job. And the way that you do this is that you're going to fill out your dream job description. And I have a freebie on this. So you could just sit down in your notebook and write down what your dream job description is. You could just sit down and write that. But if you want something that's going to guide you through the questions more, just go grab my freebie. Youartechie.com slash dream job. Okay. And you fill it out. And yes, just, just so we're all clear, I know you're not sure. I know that. I know you're still thinking about it. But you actually are allowed to write something on that form and change your mind. You just need to write it down and give it a try. Sometimes we have to write something down and see what it looks like to decide if it's effective. So you don't need any permission. It doesn't matter if what you write, you think somebody would laugh at you. I don't care. I'm not laughing. You get to fill out the dream job description. If you are sitting here thinking, I have no idea what my dream job is, or I know exactly what I don't want it to be, but I, I'm not exactly sure what to go for, the dream job description is going to give you the right questions. So even if you look at the question and you don't know the answer, you can 
think about that answer. Write down that answer and be sure that thinking about and writing down that answer is the right question. It's helping you get to that bigger question of who do I want to become? Okay, does that make sense? Instead of spinning on the other questions, the newbie questions that won't help you. And here's the secret sauce. So you write that, you fill out that dream job description, and then here's how you get into the nitty gritty of really trying on that role before you know. You put an appointment on your calendar for 30 days out from when you finish the dream job description. So you finish the dream job description or you write it in your notebook, it doesn't matter, and then you put an appointment on your calendar for 30 days from now, all right? And for the next 30 days, you are going to practice that job. And I want you to hear me really, really clearly. I did not say that you are going to sign up for a course and try it out. You're going to actually practice the job. And it's important that you do that first. Well, how do you do that? Uh, Ellen, I don't know how to practice the job. I just started, I just wrote the dream job description. I'm still trying to figure that out. The way that you do it is you select a project and then you start doing it. When you hit a roadblock or something you don't know, then you research it to find the answer to that roadblock. And that answer could be a course. It could be a free YouTube video. It could be that you post it in the forum. And friends, it's likely some combination of all of those. But when you practice that skill through the lens of a project, a bigger project, then at the end of the 30 days, you have something you can put in your portfolio. And this is key because when you look through the project lens first, you can be sure that any course you get or any YouTube video you watch is in service to what you are doing, what is important for your getting hired process, which is the demonstration of that ability in a portfolio. Not the demonstration of completing a course, the demonstration of that skill. You can take and learn, you can take courses and learn throughout that process, but it is the demonstration of that skill that is important. You've done it for 30 days. You've worked on the project. You have taken a course or, or taken part of the course that helped you to achieve the goal you were trying to achieve. And it's the end of that 30 days. Now you go to that appointment, that evaluation appointment. You could call it something like evaluate try on my role evaluation or whatever your dream job is, right? So if it was social media coordinator evaluation, UX designer evaluation, you're evaluating whether that's the right role, role for you. Then when that 30 days comes, you actually go to that meeting. Who's going to be at the meeting? You. It's a meeting with yourself. I know. But you're going to go to that. You're going to go to it unless there is some type of blood or breathing emergency. <laughs> there's you're not going to you're not going to not attend because someone is sad or upset or there's laundry or whatever or there's a toilet to clean. No, you're going to that appointment. It's very very important. And you're going to evaluate whether the last 30 days you you want to do more of that. 
do you want to do more of that project? Yeah, yeah, I know you hit roadblocks. I know it didn't go smoothly. There were, there was a lot you didn't know at the beginning of 30 days you've learned. Do you want to keep learning more? Then you give yourself another 30 days if you decide yes. If you don't like the work, then you stop and you pick something else. But the worst thing you can do, now do you see how that makes sense? Because the worst thing you can do is spin at that beginning. Well, I might want this or I might want that or let me try on this or let me talk to this person. or let. No. Do the work. Because if you talking to people can be helpful when you know what you're asking. When you know the questions that you're filtering for. But if you just go willy-nilly talking, willy-nilly, who says that? I don't know. (laughs) When you go all willy-nilly talking to people about whether they like their job, that doesn't help you at all. Who cares if they like it? It doesn't mean you're going to like it. My sister's a nurse. Ah, that's like, that's that's just, I would not want to do that job. Does that mean it's not a good job? No, she loves it. She's really good at it. It's a great job for her, but it has nothing to do with me. Do you get that? Whether someone else likes their job can tell you about the work environment, but it's not going to tell you if you actually like the job, you have to do the work. And in tech, there's no permission needed. You can just select a project. Now, someone might say, what if I pick the wrong project? Very unlikely. First of all, very unlikely that you're going to pick the wrong project. What I see more often is students spinning on which project to pick instead of just going with it. Stick with the project and you'll learn things. Maybe you have to tweak it or adjust it. Maybe it's not the perfect thing for your portfolio, but much better to have it, right? And if you spend that 30 days, isn't that worth the next five or 10 or heck, come on, 20 years of of work? And if you're like 40 or 50, you're probably going to work for 20 years. I'm sorry, but 70 is not what it used to be. I'm going to work till I'm 70 for sure, just because I love my work, because I think it's important. And I want you to love your work too. So 30 days for 20 years, that's a pretty good trade-off, right? So the right question, the right first question is, who do I want to become? And that's how you investigate that question. The next question is, why do I want to become that? Very important. The why is very important. Tony Robbins talks about this all the time. Um, Simon Sinek wrote The Power of Why. Why is very important and, and probably more important than you realize. I know it's more important than I realized, but I'll use myself as, as an example. So there's some days I don't want to get up, right? I don't want to go to work. Maybe I didn't sleep well. Maybe there's a kid crying. Uh, maybe I don't feel well. I'm sure there are many times when you felt that way. But I have a very clear reason for why I want to serve the people I serve and what I want to serve them. It's very clear to me. And because of that, I can leverage that why to get me to do stuff that I don't feel like doing. And that's what it can do for you. If you, let's look down the road, you've been, you've been rejected by 10 interviewers and you're feeling like, I don't know if I can actually do this. And maybe you've done a little bit of crying and you're like, you know, on the floor crying, what's going to make you stand up and get up and get back at the computer? It's important to, or on the phone or at the meetup or at the coffee, it's important to have that why, why you want to become that. So I was put on this planet to teach people they can learn hard things. I didn't believe that I could learn hard things when I was growing up. That might be hard for you guys to believe, but it's true. 
I thought that smart people were blessed as smart and, and I wasn't that. And I don't want you to feel that pain. I don't ever want you to feel that. When I read Carol Dweck, growth, she wrote Mindsets and talked about the growth mindset, it changed my life forever. It changed my life forever. I love you, Carol. I love you. But that, it, it, if I tell you I teach people they can learn hard things, um, and tech is my vehicle, right? You say, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe that doesn't mean anything to you. It means something deeply personal to me, deeply personal, okay? There's an emotion behind it. And I serve moms. I serve moms because I suffered greatly when I was a stay-at-home mom. I loved it and I hated it, both at the same time. And I didn't think I was worthy of returning to the workforce. I couldn't get over myself that I wasn't going to return as a partner at Accenture. Okay, because I started my career there. And I, I couldn't, how do I, the thought of starting over, it hurt me. And I don't want you to feel that way. I know you are capable of hard things, really hard things. Ask my students, okay? I mean, this podcast, it is helpful. It is informative. It's very inspirational. But my courses, they are hard. They are very, very hard. Like I say, ask my students, they will tell you. But why don't I teach easy things? Why don't I just make it easy? I know, I get it. Because easy things don't lead to six figures. You get it? You deserve a six-figure income and you can learn hard things. Now, that's my purpose. I hope it inspired you. I hope you love it. But it gets me into action when I don't feel like it. Now, what is your purpose? And it has to be bigger than a six-figure income. That's not going to work. Why do you want to be a woman in tech? It has to be deeply personal. So think about what hurt you as a child. What made you suffer? Even if it's not okay, that suffering like someone else suffered worse, you know, you know, there was real suffering. You didn't have real suffering. It doesn't matter. Think about what actually hurt you. Maybe it hurt you as an adult, like when I was a stay-at-home mom. And I know you all get that, right? Stay-at-home mom. We all, there are things, of course, we love our kids. Our kids are amazing. I mean, my kids are amazing. I love them. But I don't love scrubbing toilets. I just don't. <laughs> it's just not something I love. Okay, so I know that staying at home could be painful for some of you, but why? What about that was painful for you? Understand that part, okay? Or, or maybe someone, like maybe someone said something to you one time and you really believed it. You really believed it even though you kind of knew you shouldn't. What made you suffer? That is going to help you find your why. That's going to help you dig very, very deep and decide, okay, what's going to get me into action? Because I know this is my why. This is why I'm doing it. So I can remind myself of my why and it'll get me to do things that I, ne I don't necessarily want to do. I don't want to go on an 11th interview. But you can get yourself to do it again and again and again where you haven't committed before. All right, one more point on this. <laughs> this, one, this one may seem off topic, but I see this a lot. More, I see this a lot. And in fact, I had an attorney approach me early on who she was a divorce attorney and she thought I'd be the perfect, the perfect person to partner with. But I see a lot of women who are going through a divorce come into tech, okay? Or they're thinking about getting a divorce or they have marital problems. And 
they here's here's why i mean i couldn't figure it out at first and i mean i'm a catholic mama of four i'm like why are or four at the time now five i know how many kids i have but i'm like why are you coming to me with divorce like i don't get it but now i get it now i get it women who are um they can use the pain of that relationship to want to be self-sufficient and to prove they are capable of living without their husband they can use that to get them into action and to get hired or level up, right? They can say, I'm worth whatever he's worth, or I need this is what I need to do to get out. They can use that. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to get divorced to get into tech. You really do not. <laughs> In fact, if you do, you will still be left with you and your why. You need to figure out your why devoid from anyone else in your life, including your spouse. It's got to be what matters to you. Does that make sense? Okay. So really dig deep on this. I recommend going away from your normal environment to think about those things that really hurt you and the things that jump out and don't ask anyone else's opinion. This is something to write down on your own. So remember that question was, why do I want to become that? So question number one was, who do I want to become? And question number two is, why do I want to become that? And I'm telling you to use some of your suffering, your pain from previous experiences to leverage that. Okay. And there's no right or wrong answer here. Like you could, if you suffered in a certain way, that pain could make you be a social media coordinator. Or if you suffered in a different way, that could make you be a developer. It doesn't work like that. There's just it's just what it means to you. It has to be meaningful to you. Finally, the third question to jumpstart your tech career. I know you're like, this is not at all what I thought. Can I just talk about software? No, you cannot. No, you cannot. Who is best to guide me in that process? And I want to talk you through this. I, of course, now, of course, I have a membership. I guide women in this process. Who should you pick? Of course, you should pick me, right? Let's just get that out of the way because I'm actually going to give you really great advice on this. So. I have the most amazing membership. It's full of literally amazing women. I love spending time with them. They get results, so you should definitely pick me. Okay, now, who else could guide you in this process? You could, you will be picking multiple different people throughout your life. So what I want you to do is to have the right filter. Okay, so who is best to guide me in this process of achieving my role? I have my why. Let's say you want to become a UX designer. And so you find a UX designer who is doing what you want to do. That could be good. Here's the problem. Let's say he's been a UX designer for 30 years. So, and he hasn't interviewed in 10 years and he doesn't have any kids at home. Now, that human could absolutely be a great resource for you about UX information. You could learn some things about UX design from him. However, however, He's probably very experienced and an expert, and it's hard for him to talk about where you are in that process. And I would argue he's someone to guide you through that process down the road when you're a little further along. It's kind of better to get. And, and the other thing is that he's anchored in his own experiences. What if he works for a Fortune 500 behemoth company? There's a ton of red tape, and you really like startup. Well, those are two honestly different jobs. UX designer at one versus the other. They're very different jobs. So he's going to be anchored in his way of doing it. So a super experienced person, great person to have. I just want you to categorize them correctly 
so that if they talk over your head, you don't feel like you're dumb or you don't know something and you'll never learn everything he's learned. Well, of course, you're not going to know everything he knows before you get hired. He's been doing it for 30 years. Okay. So someone super experienced can't always guide a beginner. So you actually might be better off talking to someone who's beginning their journey. Still, they will be anchored in their own experience and you are not necessarily going to replicate their own experience. So you're going to want a few different people who are just a step ahead of you. All right. Or someone who has helped people achieve this. They've done it themselves. They've helped other people. So they've seen a few things. And then and then once you are a little further down, you still get to ask that question of who is the best to guide me in this process. Now you might need someone who's more mid-level, right? And then you might need someone who's more senior. Now maybe you're ready for that specific person who's done it for 30 years. But it could be really helpful if you wanna get into UX design to talk to, a, and you're a mom, it might be helpful to talk to someone who's gotten into tech in a different role then then UX design, maybe social media or maybe being a developer, that actually could be very beneficial to you because they've done it, they've done something similar, and then you talk to a few UX designers and you kind of put that all together. So who best to guide you? If you go back up to that first question of who do I want to become and then you do the 30-day thing, that is where you will also find someone specific. It's really not about good or bad as far as as far as content goes but if you're not looking for that specific piece of content it isn't going to be very helpful to you so if you are looking to break into tech and someone you're just starting with html and someone's talking about kubernetes you're going to be really confused and feel like oh i have no idea what i'm doing but if you're diving into that 30 days and you run up uh, up against a question in, in HTML and you know to look for someone who knows HTML to answer that specific question. So I really want you to look at who is guiding you through the process it has to be through the right lens. And if you look at it through the lens of those first two of who do I want to become and why do I want to become that, you're going to have a better answer to this third one of who is best to guide me in that process. And that process could be the getting hired process. It could be that self-selected process. It could be a specific task within that project. Do you see how you're getting more specific? So you want to know who the right guide is for that lens. You don't want to just go take any old UX course and figure that out or any old developer. Oh my gosh, don't just take any old developer course, right? Because there's so many different languages. You could spend just years learning every programming language. You want to know, you want to have that filter of who do you want to become, okay? All right, so let's go over the three questions to jumpstart your tech career one more time. We'll wrap up here. Who do you want to become? Why do you want to become that? Who is the best to guide you in that process? Okay, those are the three questions. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And thank you, Michelle and Colleen, for that little bit of extra love. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.